0: let's pray father god if we only pause for a moment to really consider the depth of your love help us to be in awe and to live responsively to that love that you you don't just say you have for us but you lived it out and you continue to do so. We thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus Christ, who continues to intercede. Your Spirit that continues to pray when we don't know how, when there's nothing we can do. We live before an Almighty Father whose love is rich. Pray, Lord, your Word would have an effect on our lives this morning. We pray this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Go ahead and open up to Acts chapter 20 one more time. Let's stand up for the reading of God's word. We're going to start once again at verse 17. Read through verse 38. Acts chapter 20, starting at verse 17, it says, Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. And when he said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all, and there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken that they would not see his face again, and they accompanied him to the ship. The reading of God's word. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you. So we find ourselves confronted with these words one last time, men, women, brothers and sisters elders of Alden Union. And this time I will be speaking very specifically to our elders. Most of all this passage, we've been looking at it as something that is cross-applicable between the elders and the entire congregation, the entire church family. But in these next verses, the things that Paul has to say speaks very specifically, very directly to those who are called elders. Elders, you are set apart. You have a job to do that not everyone in the church family is called to do. You have been set apart by the Spirit of God, by that Spirit made overseers, given your task by God himself to pay attention, to watch over the flock, to guard and guide, to nurture and to protect. How good are you at paying attention? There you go. Pass the ball. All right, you think you the caught correct everything in there? answer 16 passes. Did you spot the gorilla? For people who haven't seen or heard about a video like this before, about half missed the gorilla. If you knew about the gorilla, you probably saw it. But did you notice the curtain changing color, or the player on the black team leaving the game? Let's rewind and watch it again. Here comes the gorilla, and there goes a player, and the curtain is changing from red to gold. When you're looking for a gorilla, you often miss other unexpected events. So how did you do? As hard as I tried to pay attention the first time I I saw this video, there there were a couple things that got by me. Catching everything, uh, paying careful attention, and never faltering is hard to do. It's challenging. And perhaps that's why Paul uses two imperatives in our text. In verse 28, he says, Pay attention. You must pay attention. And in verse 31, he says, Be alert. You must, it's imperative that you remain alert. Stay awake. Look with me at verse 28. He says, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. In which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. You must do this. Don't lose sight of it. Pay attention to yourselves and to all the flock, elders. Elders and leaders of Alden Union Church, remember, that you need to pay attention to yourselves, that you are sheep too. You are just as human, just as fleshy and fallen, just as sheepy as anybody else. What are sheep like? Sheep are kind of stupid, huh? (laughs) I hear a lot of people saying dumb. We're easily distracted and led astray, aren't we? Easily spooked and motivated to go in directions that they just shouldn't. And the question that Paul addresses here is, if we can't keep ourselves in check and in line with God's will, how are we supposed to do it for anybody else? Have you ever been on an airplane, gotten on an airplane flight, and, and the, the, the uh, what do you call them? I, there's a name for them these days. They stand up there and they give you all the do this and, and here's the exits. and the, They talk about those, those air masks that drop down and what's the directions? They always say, put yours on first And then take care of somebody else. Why do they say that? Because you can't help anybody else if you're dying too, right? If you're trying to gasp for air, how are are you supposed to help anybody else? And we have a lot of enemies who will try to tear us down, elders. Elders. The trials and hardships of this life will cause us to walk in our own ways, to try and grasp at getting things accomplished in our own strength. We live in a fallen world and in prideful flesh. Being overwhelmed, we can forget to walk in God's word, to rely upon him, to pray to him, and to lean upon him to see us through everything. Satan will try to take you down. He'll do all he can. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 warns us. Peter warns us. He says, be sober minded. Oops, that wasn't 1 Peter. That's Proverbs. Let's go back. Oh, there we go. 1 Peter 5 8. Be sober minded. See? Satan's gonna do all he can to distract us from what's important in he. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Because the father of lies, he knows that if he can can take down the shepherd, he can ruin the sheep. He wants you to fall, elder. He may not be able to take your salvation from you or separate you from the love of God. These are promises we have, right? but he can wreak havoc in the gospel kingdom by making you stumble or falter in your call. Just as God tells us in his Word, strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. How then, elders, can we be sure that we are paying attention to ourselves? I'm going to give you three things, three, three ways to make opportunities for regular heart and activity checks. First, be in the word. Secondly, be accountable. And thirdly, ask a simple question. So first, be in God's word. Verse 32, what does it say? When Paul leaves them, and he knows he won't be able to be there with them anymore, what does he say? He says, and now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. God's word is significant to the keeping of the Christian. 2 Timothy, verses, 13, uh, verses 16 and 17 of chapter 3, it says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped, For every good work, he tells us in the book of Hebrews, that God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. An honest look at it will help to keep us in check, help us to align our will with the will of our Father in heaven. Elders, I will not dictate for you how often you need to be in God's word. But I can tell you this, the more that you are in God's word, the more you pray through his word, the more time you spend with him there, the more you will know God and the harder you will be to break by this world and by our adversary. How many times have we read passages like 2 Timothy 3, 17, or verse 32 of the passage we're in here, or... or The fact that God's Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. We, We recognize the value of it. How many times have we read those passages and have our habits changed because of them? Are we in God's Word more? Are we responding to what we know to be good and true? If you want to walk, if you want to lead elders... Be in God's Word. Secondly, be accountable. Set up for yourselves accountability partners, people that you can fellowship with, people who love God more than they love you. Spend time with people who love God more than they love you, who will be honest and forthright with you. Who, out of a love for you in Christ Jesus, because they want you to walk with God. They want to see you standing with Him. People who will ask you, if you've read this, has your, have you responded to it? If you've read that God's word is good and we need to be in it, have you adjusted your life accordingly? People are going to ask you those kind of questions. Don't try to be a shepherd alone on your own. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, it says, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So long as those counselors love God more than they love you. Lastly, ask yourself a simple question. Are you ready for this? Write it down. What am I doing with my time and my money? What am I doing with my time and my money? As an elder, as a leader of the flock of God. Is it Christ centered? Yes, sometimes vacations can be Christ centered, refreshing us to get back to the work, right? Is what you're doing with your time and your money gospel enabling? Or is it distracting you from the very thing you've been set apart for? Pay attention! Stay awake. Be alert. It's imperative that you do this, because we have a responsibility not only to ourselves, elders, but to all the flock. Did you notice how God carefully placed that one little word inside there? We tend to hang out with those that are most like us in in various ways, don't we? We're most comfortable with that. But as elders, we don't pick and choose the sheep that we are to care for. There is no serving only those who look like us or talk like us or share the same hobbies as us. If we look at somebody else and we think, but they are so different from me. I'm not really comfortable talking with them or, or, or sharing time with them. Let's remember one very important thing. You hold something infinitely and eternally special in common with that person. The love of Jesus Christ that changed your heart and has changed their heart and has brought you together as a family in Christ. His Spirit alive in both of you. Keep your eyes on what you share, not on your differences. James chapter 2, verses 1 and verses 8 and 9, it says, My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You're doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Every single person in The church family is a precious lamb of God created in his image, a significant part of the body, a body obtained with his own blood. Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. That is how precious each member of our flock is. God in heaven, the Son of God, the second person of the triune Godhead. Did you notice the Trinitarian language there in that verse? This is a great verse for the fact that God himself was the one on the cross there. It says, The Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. God himself took on flesh, humbled himself, not considering his equality with God something to be held on to, something to be grasped, but he was found as a servant. He came to earth and and had flesh just like you and I, found as a man, a man who could and would pay the price for our sins in our place, tasting death for every single one of us. At the cross, a cross of all things. Elders, we have a flock given to us by God. He knew their names before the foundations of the earth. And who are we, elders? I'm right there with you. Who are we to judge which ones matter more and less? We are called to guard and to guide to nurture, and to protect them because they are precious to God. And sheep? Sheep are fodder for wolves, aren't they? The wolves are out there. Verses 29 and 30, it says, I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away disciples after them. Have you seen the wolves? Elders, are your eyes open? Are you alert? Are you aware? Are you awake? They come into our schools and they remove the Ten Commandments. They say that we shouldn't pray publicly. They proclaim their ungodly theories in the name of science, ignorant of the fact that empirical science actually backs up everything that God has taught us in His Word. And congregations all over America, perhaps even some right here among us hear it and they learn it in school and then they begin to integrate these ideas these earthly philosophies into their faith into scripture and and they tear apart the sovereignty of god in their hearts by and, and mistrusting the authority of scripture they they assume now that because of these human philosophies that they've learned that god has somehow left out some important thoughts that we really should know from his word we, we've taught ourselves and, and, and the next generation that the best place to gain knowledge is not here, but it's in our phones or on the computer. If you want to know something, go to the interweb. Right? Instead of the unchanging word of the almighty creator. But the wolves don't always dress like wolves, do they? Sometimes they they throw on a suit and tie. And they, they get up in front of you and they say things like, Jesus loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life. Let me tell you how good it can be. And they make false and unbiblical promises of earthly prosperity if you give them money, or if you pray in certain ways, or if you only had faith, you would have riches at the same time. They're wolves, and they throw on a little bit of fleece so they can look like sheep. And they pray instead upon the faith and the lives, the eternal life of the flock. Turning faith into Christ into a works righteousness, twisting the word of God to suit their needs and desires, to tickle people's ears and and to give them something to do that they would feel good about themselves instead of relying upon faith in Christ alone for their salvation. Elders, how are we supposed to protect them from this? Verses 31 and 32. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. Now I commend you to the word of God, to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. We need to be willing to admonish and be able to admonish. We need to know God's word. As elders, we need to ensure that the flock is being fed and guided by the word of God in its truth as it has been written to us. Supplying them with the tools that they need to recognize a wolf, to tell the truth from a lie. To do this, if we're going to give people tools, to recognize the truth from a lie, to recognize God's reality from an earthly reality, then, then we need to engage them. We can't impart God's word to anybody. We can't give people tools unless we interact with them. We can't admonish, we can't teach, we cannot guide without communicating with someone. If we're going to do our job before God, we've got to talk to our sheep. got to reach out to them with love and with humility, with tears, as Paul said. Not to lord over them, but to build them up and to encourage them. In fact, Paul made it so personal how he watched over these men's lives and their flock that they cried. Tears poured forth out of the idea of never seeing him again. Verse 36 to 38, And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all, and there was much weeping on the part of all. They embraced Paul and kissed him, being sorrowful most of all because of the word he had spoken, that they would not see his face again. And they they stuck with him. They accompanied him all the way to the ship. They wanted to see him to the very last moment. sheep, would you cry if you never saw your elder again? Do you know who your elder is? Has your elder contacted you? Elders, if you have not, shame on you. We've been talking about it for over a year. Elders, would you cry over one of your sheep missing? Would you notice... Yes, it's hard. It's difficult to step outside of ourselves and to open up our hearts to someone else. Relationships are messy. So what? Stop making excuses. Engage your sheep. This is why the Spirit of God has set you apart and given you a task that is unlike anyone else in this church. And when we engage them, we need to be able to take them to the whole counsel of God as Paul did. Not adding to it, not taking away from it. Do we as elders know God's word well enough to correct the misconceptions that the world tries to instill in them? We need to do this on a personal level. And as as elders, we also need to look church wide. to to ensure that everyone is provided with multi-level opportunities to be built up in their walk with Christ. We need to ensure that there is preaching that is from God's Word, exegetical and expository. If I ever fail in that, get rid of me. I'm serious. Bible school classes that are well-prepared and in-depth. Those of you who teach, remember, you will be held to a stricter standard. According to God's word, Christ-centered fellowship and prayer, we need to provide these things for our sheep. Thank God we have a lot of this going on at Alden Union, but abundance can draw forth apathy and passivity. We can lean toward, we're good, we've been good for X number of years, right? Are we checking in on our Sunday school teachers, on our Bible school teachers? Are we being studiers and readers? Are we continuing to grow in our walk with Christ? How are we ensuring that these things are and that they remain in place? We must stay awake, be alert, pay attention always. Don't let your guard down, because Satan won't. Why be so diligent? Because the church was purchased with the blood of Christ. It's his bride. Precious to him. Men, how many of you would just give your wife over to somebody else not knowing who they are or or what they're going to do? You wouldn't. You care too much about her. Christ has entrusted you, elders, with his bride, his beloved. And we are its caretakers, its overseers. Elders, we need to walk with Christ-centered hearts as Paul did. Verses 33 to 35, it says, I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my necessities and to those who are with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul's objective, his goal, was not for anything of this world. All those things that he had were merely tools for the sake of the gospel, as he used them to set the example of what a shepherd should be. Are we being such an example to our flock? Have we engaged our people with humility, with tears, as we instill the word of God into their lives personally? These are your people. These are your sheep. And remember, they are Christ's people, his sheep, through his blood. As Richard Baxter said, we should consider what Christ might say if we grow careless in our call as elders. Did I die for these souls? and you will not look after them? Were they worth my blood, and are they not worth your labor? Every time we look upon our congregations, let us believingly remember that they are the purchase of Christ's blood, and therefore should be regarded by us with the deepest interest and the most tender affection. Elders, don't do this out of compulsion. Don't do it because I yelled at you today. As I was yelling at you, I was yelling at myself. I apologize, elders, for my lack of calling on you. Let us do this out of a a deep interest and most tender affection for one another. Make it personal because... These sheep are our family. Be willing and ready to protect them and nurture their lives. Invest Christ in them. Find ways to do it. I know we don't always, going from here, we're going to say, well, how every person, every sheep is different. Find ways to engage them, to to forge a path into their heart. Please don't let the things we've been studying in the last five weeks fade away as an afterthought. Glad that's over. elders, we are called to be bond servants of God, slaves to our loving Master, fearlessly prepared to share the whole truth of God's Word, taking the gospel across social and cultural boundaries, invested in Christ, aware of His will, and determined to live it out, whatever may come, because we have been made overseers, shepherds by the Spirit of God to nurture and to protect his blood-purchased flock. Step out. Let's all step out together. Be overwhelmed for a moment by these things, and then let's, let's do something about it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your heart that is indeed sharper than any two-edged sword and, and pierces between bone and marrow and, and ligament. And, and Lord, I pray that the bones and marrow and ligaments of our hearts would be pierced this day, not to death but to a response, to a, to a loving response to our loving God whose love indeed endures forever. Thank you, Father, for that reminder as well, that there is nothing in this world that can separate us from your love for us in Christ Jesus. Lord God, as we have been called to be your elders, I pray for the elders of our church family. I pray, Lord, for strength. I pray, Lord, for for a love to erupt in us for your flock, for your bride, a love that drives us to action out of our love for you and our recognition of your love for us. Praise you, Lord, this morning as a family in Christ drawn together by your Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.